to the Sci-Fi Diner Classic. This is episode 19, and I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. And hello, I am Miles P. McLaughlin. And again, these classics are really meant to share interviews that we did, oh, about two years ago, maybe a little bit less in some cases, but interviews with actors that are still doing stuff. And talk about a man that is still doing stuff. Right. It's Mr. Dominic Keenan. Yes, uh, Lieutenant Malcolm Reed from uh, Star Trek Enterprise. Yeah, so it, we were very excited to get this interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know, Miles, you were excited to talk to him. I, I was. Uh, I mean, I'm a lover of all things Star Trek, and uh, he was fantastic um, at, at interview. And and as a guest at the convention, um, if you know, if he was very fan friendly. So if he's at a convention and you're a fan of Star Trek Enterprise, I, I encourage you to go up there and say hi to him. He'll you know, get your picture with him. Make sure to bring your uh, your, your your head soap with you to get him to sign it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he he is also the Vidal Sassoon uh, guy from right. right. commercials. There we go. But he's continued to do stuff. Most notably, if you bought the Diablo three video game, you have heard his voice. Mm-hmm. He he voices the man Templar. Okay. I haven't played the video game yet, so I can't really attest to that. But. Right. And he is rumored to be in The Hobbit, The Unexpected Journey, are there and back again. Now, mind you, it is rumored. That's what IMDb is He supposedly, said. yep, the IMDb, you know, which is always telling us the truth. Um, uh, but he plays Gallium. So I guess The Unexpected Journey and there and back again are the two parts of The Hobbit, so... But Galleon is the name, so uh, we don't know if there's any confirmation on that yet. And maybe we – I don't know if we can find that out. But, mm-hmm. but anyways, he's been in Sons of Anarchy, CSI, Sherlock Holmes video, and there's Who's a lot of stuff he's Heroes does. a while back. Yeah, but Heroes a while back. So mm-hmm. he's definitely a busy man, still a working actor. Right, right, right. And, uh, but so uh, anything else we want to say about him before we go into the interview? Where do we do this interview at? We do this interview at, at Shoreleave uh, 22. Yeah, 2010. 2010 is 32 because mm-hmm. 34 this year. Right. So, so 2010 it was our second shore leave, mm-hmm. and he was again a gracious host. Fantastic. Yeah, yep. absolutely to have on. And so we hope you enjoy this interview that we do with Mr. Dominic Keenan. <laughs> Welcome back to the Sci-Fi Diner. In a few moments, we are going to be bringing you our interview with Dominic Keating. Now, this was done at Shore Leave. It's one of the first interviews we're bringing you from Shore Leave, other than the live stuff that we did there. And this is one of the interviews. We only did a few of these, um, two or three interviews that we did actually from the floor of the convention. The rest were done in other rooms or at a bar or something like that. So you're going to hear a little bit of con noise in the background, but hey, we like that because it makes it somewhat authentic. And this is where we interviewed Dominic Keating. Miles, what did you think of the interview that we had with this man? I enjoyed it. Um, he, he was definitely a lot of fun to talk to. Um, definitely um, not like his character from the, the show. His, his, his character was kind of a little on a stiff side. Um, but he uh, he was there to have fun. Uh, he was very gracious to the fans. Uh, it was not uncommon to see him, you know, get get people ask get a picture with him, and he was you know totally cool with that. Uh, he 
he he was there to judge the uh, the masquerade uh, costume contest. Uh, so he was very involved. I mean, in, in the convention. I mean, he wasn't just uh, you know in his room whenever you know. He was done. I mean, he was I, – I saw him all over the place. You know, and that's something to be said for uh, – you know, there were certain actors um, that were not, were unavailable except at very pre-designated times. And he was one of the ones that was available a lot of the time. Him, uh, Kevin Sorbo, and Edwards James Alamos were – had a lot of availability. If you were a fan and wanted to meet these guys um, – there was no reason you couldn't have because they were always at their tables, always signing and always very gracious and willing to chat with you as a person. And so very cool, very cool. And he was one yeah. of these guys that we would put in there. So, well, Miles, you kind of introduce him. So uh, anything else you want to say about this man before we uh, jump into the interview? No, I think, I think it's uh, said, I, I will say this uh, to our listeners. If you haven't been to one of these fan run sci-fi conventions, I, I strongly encourage you to, to check them out. I mean, this is a place you get to see some of your favorite uh, actors involved in sci-fi and get to meet up and close and personal. Um, for uh, Scott and I had had a chance to do that um, that weekend. It was, it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, and it is a little bit different because we actually sit down and interview them. But even if you aren't there as a podcaster and interviewing these people, they're still they still seem very approachable to the other guests. So, very much so. But, all right, well, let's launch into the interview. with photonic warheads? Photonic? I'm not familiar with that. I'm afraid our weapons are somewhat more sophisticated than yours. This technology must seem pretty antiquated to you. Where I come from, antiquated can be very quaint. Is that how you see us? Quaint? And charming. What sort of power source do these use? Cerium microcells. I suppose that's very quaint, too. Not at all. We charge our weapons the same way. Maybe you'd like to see the face cannon assembly. Please. And a maximum yield of 80 gigajoules. Impressive. Sorry, so cramped in here. Don't be. I wanted to get a little closer to you all day. Really? I was hoping to spend some intimate time with you. Maybe we could sleep together tonight. On Earth, it's customary to ask a woman to dinner first. Before spending the night with her. It's very different on Visia. It's only when a woman enjoys her intimate time with a man that she'll join him for dinner. All ears. All ears. Excellent. All right. Sci-fi fans, we're at Shirley 32. If you're fans of shows such as Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Prison Break Heroes, then you've seen our guests work. If you're a fan of uh, Star Trek Enterprise, then you'll be delighted to know we are talking to the man who brought the character, Lieutenant Malcolm Reed, to life, Mr. Dominic Keating. Mr. Keating, thank you for taking time to speak with us in the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. Pleasure. It's all mine. And, uh, I wanted to do some sound effects there for Buffy. <laughs> 
and uh, Enterprise was going to be. Well, it's such a long time. <laughs> there you go. There you go. It's a popular drinking song at Star Trek Experience, I hear. Say that again. It's a popular drinking song at the old Star Trek Experience. It is. I'm sure it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I do want to talk about Enterprise, but we're also fans of Heroes. Uh, did you enjoy? I've been on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but the character will. You end up getting killed violently by uh, Kristen Bell's character. Now, let me get that straight. If I, if I'm Did she kill me? No, I don't think she killed me. Okay. Uh, no, I never actually died, but Peter did, you know, exactly to the wall when I shot him. Mm-hmm. You know, fair dudes. Right. Right. You know, if you shoot a guy and he's got you know, kinetic powers, you know, you might want to zap him to the wall. No, I. Uh, it was, it was Kristen Bell came in and she was the the sort of you know the mob factor going after Peter wasn't she mm-hmm. yeah 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 that's as much as I know really after that I really couldn't tell you anything else <laughs> no uh, but like, she didn't kill me uh, I remember the last scene I shot with her okay originally they cast someone else and then they recast her how about that well they had well, they, her, her part they had another person they had another girl and uh, and then I guess I know, for whatever reason they decided Miss Bell was going to be it and um, so uh, inside information there so heroes heroes why not yeah, Star Trek convention mm-hmm. right 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 yeah. we're here yeah, what do you want to know about Heroes? I don't really know much about it. I, uh, what was it, four episodes? Well, we were slated for 12. Uh, and Holt, God bless Holt, he's got a show now, so he doesn't really care. It's coming out on, maybe FX, it's about a boxer, ex-boxer that's collecting for the mob. Holt McCannelly. Check out, it'll be, it'll be a good show. Cracking actor. But he went head-to-head with one of the writer-producers. Gary, how you doing? You were on our flight, I think. What's that? Yesterday coming over, you were on the flight. Your name was called. Did you get on the flight yesterday at lunchtime? Uh, at 10 o'clock? No, I missed the flight. Uh, the, you did. They called your name. They had two accidents uh, on the 405 coming down, and I missed uh, the. They have a mandatory 45 minute check period, check in, and I missed it by five minutes. They called your name, I was looking around. Yeah, I probably would have been uh, on that plane with you and a bunch of other people. And Kevin. Yeah. Oh, Kevin was on the same. Kevin was on the same plane. Well, say hello, day. Did you have a good time on Heroes? You know, not bad, all things considered. Yeah, some shows can be a little tricky. Uh, Peter... Um, I thought it was a fun part. It was a fun part. They, I was just saying, they nixed us because Holt, uh, he went head to head with one of the writer producers who'd written out this particular episode. About one line and one scene, and uh, we got clipped the next week, baby. Yeah, well, they were the height of their, you know, we can do anything, we're saving the world, you know. And it was actually the second season that brought them to their knees. Right. And they all went down the tube. <laughs> and they did too. Uh, and Steve, was it Mr. Kring? What's his name? Yeah, Tim yeah, Kring. Kim, yeah, Tim Kring. Nice man, actually. Uh, of all the guys, he was the guy that was. But he had a bunch of cobalt that were uh, tricky. No, really, they say, uh, you know, Heroes could have probably ended after season one or two and been okay. But they kept dragging it on, and the story just seemed to wander too much. Yeah. It's a miniseries. 
I thought I was the interior designer on the ship. So, Captain Captain, we need some new curtains in the ready room. They really are too tired. Uh, inspirationally, I, uh, I suppose, given that I was the armory officer, I actually harkened back to a day when, as a you know, 17-year-old, I nearly joined the army in, uh, in England. Uh, I come from an army background. And uh, my mother's father, my grandfather, had fought in two world wars and was, um, and was an officer. He was given the OBE, blah, blah, blah. And that's really where I went. I went to young Dominic uh, as a, a, an under-officer cadet in, the, uh, in my school army brigade. And... Um, and then, a little, you know, for the first time in my acting career, I actually matched that up with uh, a good dose of just me, quite frankly. So yes, there was a, you know, there was a certain hearkening to a time when I thought I might be that guy, and then I, I let my own humour and, and personality come through Malcolm Reed eventually, which I'd never really had a, you know, I'd never been series regular in this respect before, so. Um, it occurred to me quite quickly, thank heavens, in the first season that I might do that, and I, I, I might, it might be, it might actually just, it, it wasn't part of the three-line proviso that they'd given you, but you know what, let's make him a real three-dimensional character, and so yes, he is a button-down, stiff-upper-lip Brit, but, you know, it doesn't mean he's not got a sense of humour and some flaws and... You know, there are contradictions. Sure, right. Given right. some contradictions. So they let you develop character. They let me do that. I think, given that I was English, uh, yeah. that gave me a little bit more wriggle room than ordinarily they might have given another American actor playing something that they'd written for line by line. You know, uh, I got to be able to bring up the writing staff and go, you know what, an English guy wouldn't say that. Uh, he'd say these three speeches. <laughs> <laughs> And they fell for it. Yeah. So, they, so, so they gave you some freedom of the character. Yes. Yeah, they did. Yeah, kindly so. Um, now, were you a fan of Star Trek before you did Enterprise? Yeah, I watched it as a kid. Okay. Uh, I'm a little older than my, my youthful books for a I grew up watching it. The devil. <laughs> Sold my soul. Yeah, I watched it as a kid growing up. Um, and then didn't really... I can't say, you know, after that initial phase as uh, an eight, nine, ten-year-old went, uh, it's not something I stayed with, and um, I moved on to the High Chaparral. <laughs> Such a TV tar that I am. Um, you're all boys living on that ranch, huh? <laughs> um, cute mother, though. Anyway, uh, so, um... Then when I came to America, I, I did look at some uh, Next Generation, just simply because it had an end chapter in the lead part, and that grabbed my attention. Um, but yeah, not, not an aficionado by any stretch of the imagination by the time I got Enterprise. Uh, and then went back and looked at you know, a little bit of all of the shows, just to sort of ground myself in what we were going to do. Well, uh, you kind of touched a little on this, but what, what else did you like about? What did you like about playing uh, Malcolm Reed? 
beautiful. Ah. Well, so many things, really. I mean, just being on a big Hollywood set, you know, shooting at Paramount, and, um, it was, you know, a treat. Uh, we shot on the same stages that Alfred Hitchcock shot Rear Window, and across the road was Stage 9, where they did Sunset Boulevard, and... I walk through an alley every day called the Godfather Alley because that's where uh, um, Ed Harris, who played the lawyer, when he flies to Hollywood to make it right with the producer that won't put Johnny Fontaine in the picture, they shot it in this alleyway at Paramount. It's officially known as the Godfather Alley. I walk through there every day on the way from the car park to my trailer. Every day I pinch myself and I'm lying. We're not in Kansas now, Dorothy! No, we aren't. No, we aren't. Star Trek is known for its social commentary. Are there any episodes of Enterprise that made a statement that, or addressed something that you're proud of? You know, I, I, uh, I always say that I think the best episode we did was Cogenitor. Yes, I remember that one. Yeah. And, um, and I was hardly in it. Um, that's how generous I am, people. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the best episode we, we wrote and, uh, and that we produced. And John was fantastic, and LeVar Burton directed it with a beautiful light of touch. And, and uh, you know, it was just not just fantastic sci fi, just really good, dramatic, episodic TV. It made you think. Sure did. You know, it was very moving and. Uh, uh, thoughtful. Uh, good stuff. We had a few of those. A handful. Which, you know, for any show that goes nearly 100 episodes, you know, there are only a handful that are, you know, that are just take it to the next level. And we did it. Do you have any other favorites? Uh, well, of course, Shuttle Pod one. Shuttle Pod, well, yes. Yeah, no. Yes. That's <laughs> I'm going to, you know, I was in that one. <laughs> um, terrific episode. You know, it's a two-handed play, basically. You know. I'm, whenever I do look at it from time to time, and I've probably seen it half a dozen times since we shot it, um, I'm always amazed that the, the other people on the ship were in it so much. <laughs> it didn't read that way. <laughs> right, right. Um, it was a good episode. Um, um, yeah, those are the two that really stick out in my mind. I know for fans, I think that's one of, one of their favorites. I believe so, yeah. Just get some ripple of applause. Yes. <laughs> um, Cheering effect cue here. <laughs> Did you bond with your castmates? Did you keep in touch with them? Absolutely. Um, still very, very. Uh, I don't see Scott often, but he, we always go to his Christmas party. Um, yeah, just a nice, nice, nice man. And uh, yeah, uh, Connor. We were very, very close. Uh, he he moved away. We literally we, we were neighbours. You could throw a bread roll from our houses. Uh, but then he had a child, and schooling district things we had to move out of Hollywood. And um, you know, I see him at the cons a lot now. We talk on the phone a bit. Anthony and I still quite close, and talk on the phone. And John very much so. Don't see the girls. Um, I've seen Jolene since the day we were out. Uh, but yeah, we were a tight cast uh, there on set. And, uh, 
you know, no, sh- no shenanigans. Uh, very happy, you know, because a lot of times, uh, not so happy on episodic sets. Yeah. It can be, it can be a long, long hours. And it takes one idiot to make it, you know. They talk about the set a little bit. It's usually somebody that's a practical joker on any set of TV. Was there one on Enterprise? Or not, not especially. Um, the one practical joke I always talk about is uh, when Scott went to New York to do the upfronts to promote the show, I think probably at the end of the first season. Um, and he did the... the uh, it wasn't the Ellen show then, it was the um, Rosie, Rosie O'Donnell show. And... Uh, they found an old commercial he'd made, but I don't, people don't know this particularly, but he came out of musical theatre, Scott Bakula. He can sing a dance. And he'd done a commercial, you know, for money, <laughs> for Canada Dry. And it was done, you know, in leggings and headbands, and it was the, he was the Canada Dry man. <laughs> it's as cheesy as it gets, let me tell you. It really is cheesy. So, anyway, um, our line producer had seen that. He got a hold of a, a version of the commercial. Our art department made up Canada Dry bottles because you can't buy them anymore. The green bottle, right? You know, we all got one of those. And anyway, they sent the PA out to Scott's trailer to go and get him to shoot the first scene on the bridge. And they wired up the commercial to all the screens. <laughs> so Scott comes on all like being the captain. <laughs> and he starts to do the scene and someone went hit it and the Canada Dry commercial comes up on every plasma on the bridge you've never seen a grown man go you know naught to 60 in 3 seconds puce red and we all jump out from behind our consoles with the Canada Dry bottle doing the dance Anthony and Linda Park and Ant dance and they were fantastic and really, it's like Beyonce and you know and it was um, that was pretty funny stuff uh, somewhere. We're talking about commercials. Uh, rumor uh, has it of a Vidal Sassoon. Is that right? Oh, Vidal Sassoon. Yeah. I called my flat in London wash and go out of respect. <laughs> <laughs> they bought it for me. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> Two days' work, man. Uh, the one that you are being in. Land but effective. Hey, I watched it before. Hey, Legacy. Mm. Which season? And what's the character? If you can remember. I can't remember the character though. Uh, I think it was season two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that really was my that was my first TV job. Oh, cool. Out of LA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a funny story. I was I was actually currying, I was being a courier, you know, delivering stuff to offices. And I used to deliver to Paul Weber was assisting, I can't even remember the casting director was now, but he was in charge of pre-reading people mm-hmm. for that part on Poltergeist. I got a pre-read, I went along there, and I was wearing a suit because the part demanded the stuff, and he, and he only recognized me from being the courier. And he, he looked at me and went, why are you wearing a suit today? And I went, actually, I'm not here as a courier, I'm actually here as an actor. Oh, God, you see his eyes roll over. <laughs> And we went in to read this thing, and it was, I remember it was a lengthy, you know, a lot of exposition. It was kind of a boring piece, but I breathed some life in it. And his, I even remember that they wanted to, he said to me, I want to cut page three and four. And I went, well, I don't mean to be rude, mate, but I've really prepared this, and I can make it interesting. He went, he really double rolled, <laughs> you know, gay casting. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
Anyway, we got about halfway pace to pace three, and he started to get I got to the end, and he went, "Don't move, don't move." And he pushed out of the door, and he went and got—I can't remember who the head casting lady was—dragged her through, made me shake her hand. I got the job. Yeah, quit the career job. That's how it went. Oh, there you go. He cast, and then he went on to cast me in uh, in Poltergeist, and not Poltergeist, uh, Species. Okay. Years later. Oh, and cool. she brought me with that clown, being the clown. I think. No, I didn't do clown and Buffy. Yeah, he was um, the head of the clown shop. In Buffy? In Buffy. No, my Buffy episode was when they tested her powers and they dragged, they, they brought in the worst vampire that they could possibly dream of. And I was his watcher. Uh, not very good because I, you know, I turned my turn away for a second and I was bitten by the said vampire. <laughs> And actually made Buffy history. They'd never morphed anyone into a vampire, and I was the first. And then me and uh, Jeff Cooper, who actually came on to guest star on our show a couple of times, we chased uh, her around Glendale for a week and, uh, and got our asses kicked. So, what conventions are you doing here? It varies nowadays. Uh, I would say I probably get you know between four and a half a dozen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you get to the East Coast as, as much? Or? Uh, oh my gosh. Um, I haven't been, a, I'm trying to think. Uh, yeah, I was in New Jersey recently. Um, um, I'm sorry to hear that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, in New Jersey? Um, God bless the cons, you know. I mean, they're taking me around the world. I mean, they really have. I was just back in New Zealand and uh, Australia. That's a great place to be. Got engaged on the on the west coast of the southern island. Congratulations. The way out of sunrise. It was really beautiful. Nice. To a <laughs> That's beautiful too. Um, so I love the cons. You know, they've uh, they are the extended arm of this fantastic job that just keeps on giving. And giving. You know, God bless these fans. Mm-hmm. Well, that being said, uh, you know, so what's in the future for you? Hmm. Well, wait to hear on, uh, oh, out loud, okay, I'm waiting to hear, I'm, I am in consideration for The Hobbit. Oh, Peter Jackson's doing a, a back-to-back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I won't say any more than that. Uh, and there's also a TV show, series regular. I won't say any more about that. Okay. And just now, I'm waiting to hear about a couple of episodes of another uh, show that's already in production. So, you know, there's life after track. There is. Great. Well, that sounds like you're busy then. Are you yeah. just trying to keep busy? Uh, so, you know, uh, actor through and through. You know, for life. That's what I said when I started out in this crazy journey 25, 27 years ago. <laughs> you know, for better or for worse. Right, right, right. Uh, I want to be an actor. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, it's worked out better than I imagine it might have done. So. I'm still giving interviews. <laughs> there you are. Which we're grateful for. Well, we do have a real quick question from one of our fans who asked what? On Twitter. Um, uh, Carter Cisco. Oh, I half know this. How does it go? No, no, it's not a joke. Who <laughs> <laughs> do you want to have a father? No, no, what's the How does it go? I think that's, that's all he said. That's all he said. He just said. He just said those. Who would you choose? The Carter Cisco. Oh, God. Yeah. Of course.